Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome back to the show, the queen of comedy herself, Miss Lucille Ball. Miss Lucille Ball comes to the show tonight to chill our spines and not tickle our funny bone. A lot of people may not know that Miss Ball, before becoming the queen of comedy, appeared on many dramatic movies such as The Big Street, Lord, The Dark Corner, and many others. But tonight, the queen of comedy comes to chill our spines. In this first episode, she plays a dance hall girl who is running down the street hurrying to get to work on time before her boss comes out and gets after her. So she goes in the back without being seen by her boss and gets dressed. But later on, she finds out that her friend is dead. So they go to her apartment and the killer has a routine that he dances with them one last time before killing them. So Ginger starts her investigative work on her own with a detective named Nick who ends up falling in love with her. But what Ginger does not know is that the killer is someone closer than she thinks and it is called Diamond Dance and in this next episode Miss Lucille Ball plays a woman who has tangled her own web to lure men into greedy situations But the web becomes unraveled by the three men. So she has to come up with a plan to pay two of them the money that she told them that they would have. And it is called a stride for Sarah. I hope you guys enjoy Mrs. Seal Ball and her performance on the show for tonight. And if you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. Roma Wines presents Suspense. for enjoyment throughout the world. Salud! Uh, your health, senor. 
Roma Wines toast the world. The wine for your table is Roma Wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is the man in black, here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California, to introduce this weekly half hour of Suspense. Tonight in Hollywood, Roma Wines bring you the MGM star, Miss Lucille Ball. The suspense play which stars Miss Ball, which is produced and directed by William Spear, is called Dime a Dance. It deals, as you will presently know, with Broadway life and sudden death, both set to music. And so with Dime a Dance and with the performance of Lucille Ball as a red-haired young lady named Ginger Allen, Roma Wines again hope to keep you in suspense. Have you ever danced with a murderer? Doesn't cost any more for the extra thrill. It's only a dime. How could I do it, you say? I had to, to save my own life. I'm Joyland Palace. One of the places just off Broadway in the 40s, you know the kind of place. Second-rate dance bands like Frankie Froman's 15 Frolickers. I was late to work that night. I ran down Broadway, scrambling through the crowd to the entrance of the Joyland. Step on him, Marina's looking for you. Lady's burning. I know it is Julie Comunion. Not yet. Here's the beautiful girl waiting to dance with you. Step on him. Well, good evening. So you finally decided to come, did you? Hi, Marina. Oh, you ought to be. Such a Julie. All the cash customers are waiting. I sent out the girls before all of you are here, and you say I'm playing favorites. Well, blame it on Julie. She gave me a stand-up tonight. All right, so I'll blame it on Julie. Where is she? Isn't she here? No, and she ain't home neither, because I phoned her there 15 minutes ago. thought she was with you. And I thought she was here. Hey, if this is no gag, what happened to her? Well, that's what I'm beginning to wonder. Well, go on in and get your stuff on. Julie's doing all right. Yeah, maybe she slipped in while you were busy counting tickets or something. See you right away, Marina. We've been entertained by Mom here while waiting for... All right, lay off. Mom told me that foot powder. Looks like a heavy night out there. My feet still hurt from last night. Here you are, Jerry. Uh, That's the way I am, girlie. But I like every once in a while is a good, juicy night. I can't. No not to be murdered herself. Tell me that dress, would you, Madame Defarge? The green one. Oh. Is Julie here? Not unless she's hiding in the closet, honey. Do any of you know where she is? I'm asking us. Ain't she your buddy? Maybe they had a fight. Well, did any of you hear from her? Why not ask Marino? He's been hanging Now, what do you think I pay you girls for anyway? I often wonder. Oh, Marino, think we 
give it a free show with me. Ah, uh, you couldn't interest anybody in that chassis of yours, even with a set of dishes thrown in. Oh, yes. All right, all of you, fight out. I got something to tell you. What I wanted to see you. I know, I know, Marino. I put you in the spot. I'll be dressed in a minute, and if you'll ward off those garlic eaters tonight, I'll work twice as hard to make it up to you. I'm in no spot, Ginger. But you are. Marino, what's the matter? What's happened? The police want to see you, Ginger. Police? What for? I didn't do anything. I'm sorry, Ginger, but you... Something's happened to Julie. That's what the police want to see you by. Julie's dead. Dead? Murdered. <laughs> police car with those two flat feet from homicide, I could see Marino's face when he said, murdered. Poor Marino. We got out and walked up to the third floor of the building, to Julie's room. Marino never said a word. All right, sister, in here. Is, is, she, is she still in there? No, you won't have to look at her. Oh. How did it happen? Strangled. Well, why didn't she yell out? There were plenty of people around. Now, look, Ginger, we're asking the question. Oh. Yeah, but since you raise it, we figured a person who could get close enough to kill her was someone she felt safe with. Yeah, she was murdered by someone she trusted, by a friend. Well, I was the only friend she had. Yeah, so they'd tell us. Unless she had a boyfriend. Who was her boyfriend? Yeah. If she was strangled, where did all the blood come from? Flatfoot didn't answer Marino. He shut up all at once, as if he didn't have the heart to tell us the rest of it. His eyes gave him away, though. I got the whole score just following his gaze around the room. First, he looked at the little phonograph. By using bamboo needles, she could play it late at night. Soft, you know, so no one could hear it. The needle was worn down halfway, all, all shredded as though it had been played over and over. Then his eyes wandered to a flat piece of paper that... It had eight or ten shiny new dimes on it. Some had little brown flecks on them. Then his eyes went down to the rug. It was all pleated up in places, especially along the edges, as though something heavy, something, something lifeless had been dragged back and forth over it. You mean he danced with her after he killed her? Gave her a dime a dance even then? Now, will you tell us? Who was her boyfriend? Right that record. Maybe she'll remember some guy they both knew who was kept on the piece. It was the only one he played. Friend, it was someone who waited for her in that room in the dark and killed her before she could scream. It was the same madman who killed those two other dance hall girls. He pays a dime a dance. A dime a dance, whether you're alive or dead. Back at the grind. The flat seat let me go. Nobody told me anything. Sometime when you have nothing better to do, you try dancing with a couple of hundred guys a night, asking yourself each time one of them wraps his arms around you, is this the killer? 
Has he a knife in his hand behind my back? Hey, uh, can I see you a minute? Got a ticket? Yeah, but I don't want to dance, Ginger. I want to talk. Well, it's your time. Say, how do you know my name? Just happened to Who are you, anyway? Recognize those two guys leaning against the wall? The two fatties? And I'm the third. Next to next. Well, what about my... Uh, about her boyfriend? Relax. We have proof it wasn't a boyfriend that wasn't you. Oh, then you expect him to show up again after what he's done already, huh? We just got the report on those other two girls. They were killed by a maniac who played poor butterfly. Also, the fingerprints in all three cases match. He'll keep it up until we get him. How do you know what he looks like? We don't. We only know he isn't through yet. That's why I was assigned to protect you. Protect me? Yes. <laughs> keep my eye on you all night while you work and then take you home right to your door. Now, Marina knows about the other two dicks, but no one knows about me. In fact, his headquarters told me not to tell even you. Then why did you? <laughs> I just saw how churchy you are. I don't want you to misunderstand my intentions. Well, what if someone asks me who you are? I say I'm your new boyfriend. Oh, I don't get smart. I never had a boyfriend. Good. Now you've got one. Well, 35 girls on this musical chain gang. Why do you pick on me? Because we found out one more thing about the killer's habits. The two girls that were murdered before Julie both had red hair. Julie had red hair? Yeah. And so have you, baby. I was set up as victim number four. Nice boss. But every night, like the milkman, just when the girls filed out to beat the arms and eyes of the wolves, there was Nick. Now, that was some comfort. Nothing personal, you understand, but it was also a comfort to see those other two flat feet on the job night after night. How's Ginger? Fine. How's Nick? Nick, you're four minutes late. Miss me? Oh, I'm just a taxpayer that wants to see a public servant earn his money. <laughs> if the city got broke, I'd do this job for nothing. Uh-oh. You're a straw boss. Marino is giving you the high sign. Oh, I'll go see what he wants. You wait here. It's on your mind, Marino. Hey, who is that monkey hanging around you every night? He pays for his tickets, doesn't he? Yeah, but he never used them. Who is he? My boyfriend. Oh. You know him long? Long enough. Take care of yourself, Ginger. Don't worry, Marino. I know my way around, but thanks. Besides, we're not running any matrimonial bureau around here. you got to spread yourself around a little more. Share the wealth. There's other customers. All right. All now, right. Watch that, will you? All right. What's it? What's it he want? Oh, nothing. Nick, is there any news? You know, it's a month since June. No, 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 no. Calm down, Redhead. Hey, that's just it. That red hair. Look, why won't you let me dye it? Oh, I've got my reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You great, big, silent, strong cop. <laughs> That's right. Those cops. And then came that night. That horrible night. I was late as usual, got to the dressing room, planning to dress in no second flat so I could get out on the floor and be with Nick. Somehow, I felt that I was going to need him that night. Some instinct told me it was a matter of life or death. Oh, the last one. But I like every once in a while. It's a good, juicy mother. Come on. Mop it up. What do you think I paid you for? Who are you looking out the door for, Ginger? Now, you take that thing, dear. There was a real juicy Oh, shut up, Mom. Will you cut it off? Oh, I'm sorry, dear. I keep forgetting you and she was so cool. Oh, that's all right. I'm jittery. Laverne, have you seen my boyfriend? 
not tonight. Maybe he got bored. Billy, have you seen Nick? You know, the tall, handsome not tonight, Redhead. I guess he's giving you the air. Come on, come on. Oh, what am I paying you for? Come on. What's the matter? Look like you've seen a ghost. What are you looking for out there? What's so fascinating about the clock? Marino, they're not there. Where are those two clock I want to know about that. Never mind that now. Where are they? Called off. Called off? That sounds screwy to me. The police headquarters figures they frightened off whoever they was looking for. But that's crazy. I'm going to fall... I won't do no good. I told them that anybody would wait till it cooled off before trying again. Now is when we should have protection. Well, come on. Get out on the floor. Come on, all of you. All right. I'll be out in a second. Really, I will, Marino. The burn. Yes, ma'am. As soon as Nick comes in, tell him to come right here. Tell him to tap on the door, will you? Turn out, sugar. Hey. What are you looking at me like that for, Ginger? Look, Mom, i got to talk to you. I can't go out there on the floor. I'm scared. What? What are you staring holes in me for? Mom, you and I were here in this room the last night Julie was alive. The night she must have been killed, remember? You poor kid. Oh, we look like we got to remember. We just got there. There was someone dancing with Julie that night. Some rum dum. Julie said something about him. I can't remember what it was she said. Oh, you mean the one that hurt her hand? That's it. That's it. Hurt her hand. Then a wrist back when they were dancing. Yeah, that's the guy. She said it was almost like as if he got a kick out of her hand. Yeah. And Yeah, now what else? What else? Well, Julie called him Mr. Mixer. Oh, now we're getting somewhere, Mom. Yeah. Oh, he had Julie crazy dancing yeah. like a slap-happy pug. I remember her describing it. He'd take three little steps to the right as if he was getting ready for a standing broad jump. That was it. Remember how Julie said she felt like screaming for Pete's sake, if you're going to jump, jump. Yeah, three steps to the right, and if you're going to jump, jump. Hey, what are you doing, Ginger? Some detective work? Getting some clues? You know who we're talking about, Mom? The killer. Oh! If he enjoyed hurting her like that, and when she was still alive, he'd enjoy dancing with her after she was dead. Why, he's washed some pony face. Why, that... There's someone i got to tell this to right away. Oh, where the... Nick! See you later, Mom. Hey. How's Oh, Nick. How's Nick? How are you trembling? Sure, it's me. Why not? I thought you were called off the case. We were. Then what are you doing here? Have it. Do you mind? No, you dumb ape. I don't mind. Boy, how I don't mind. And, uh, as long as it isn't duty anymore, do you mind if I do something to you that I've wanted to do today? Oh, it depends. I want to take you in my arms. All right, take me in your arms and dance. Anyway, for the time being. I'm a rotten dancer. You're telling me. Nick. Nick, we got to talk. I just found out something about the killer that you ought to know. Later. I paid Marina for all the dances for the end. We can leave whenever you want. After this song, they play Dinah, and then comes the break. We can leave then. What makes you so sure? Well, the band always plays the song in the same order. Then they can sleep while they work. I tell time by them. <laughs> the slime house blues means it's 1045. Lady with a tramp means 1115. Dinah means 1130. Never changes except when there's a request number. You know... I like everything about you. I like everything about you, but you're dancing. Put up on my hand, will you? You're bending it upside down. It hurts my wrist. I, uh, told you I was a rotten dancer. Well, for Pete's sake, don't dance like you were priming for a standing broad jump. If you're going to jump, jump. <laughs> That's not Dinah. No. It certainly isn't. It's a request number. Who requested it? I did. <laughs> Thank you.
I do feel sick. Am I dancing that bad? No, no, I just, I think I'll have to stop at the air, I guess. I'll, I'll go in and get drink water, yeah. Drink water in the ladies' room. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll wait here, sir. I'll just see you. Operator. Operator, give me the police department, homicide squad. Police department, homicide, right away. Homicide. Hello, homicide. This is Ginger Allen at Joyland. The third man you assigned to our place is... Third man? Uh, what third man? Nick Ballister, the one you assigned to protect me. Him. I don't know where to. Look, I'll, I'll leave a trail of ticket stub. Please come quick. Uh, uh, goodbye, uh, Katie. Uh, sorry you couldn't work tonight. I'll, I'll fix it with Marino. How you feeling? Shouldn't have come in here, Nick. Did you see the sign? Hold that. Men keep out. Violator subject to arrest. <laughs> Didn't say positively. Besides, they wouldn't arrest the cop. Why couldn't you leave me in here alone? You were gone so long, I thought something happened. Nothing's happened. Yes. Don't ask me how, but I kept up a patter while we walked. All my brains were in my right hand. I clutched those ticket stubs in my coat pocket. I kept dropping those stubs, making sure he didn't see. I tried to stay on the bright street, but he let me do the lonely one. The one we were on now was like a graveyard. No lights, no people. Suddenly, I felt my blood run cold. My fingers in that right-hand pocket fished around like a drowning man clutching for straws. The last ticket stub was gone. Ginger. Yes, Nick? I'm, uh, I'm hungry. Would you like some chop suey? Like it? Oh, I'd love it. He ate that chop suey with an appetite. Like a guy who had work to do. Work he was going to enjoy. I side-sneaked a glance at the jukebox without turning my head, you know, just my eyes. What a relief. All kinds of songs, but no poor butterfly. Nick was beginning to act nervous. He'd guzzle a cup of tea, pour another, keep looking over his shoulder like he was worried somebody might be following us. Then he'd grin like he used to and reach over for my hand. He pressed my fingers till they hurt. Hard, like he never pressed them before. I guess, I guess he couldn't wait. And suddenly he stood up. That's the weight of the check, Ginger. I'm just going to wash my hands. That's time we left. Hmm. Waiter. Waiter, quick. Yes, you may. What will you be? I'm leaving. When my boyfriend comes out, tell him you think I went back to the the, the powder room. A gag, you know, he's a deadbeat. I want to shake him. Maybe don't understand. Marino, how did you get here? My mom told me. Then I followed your ticket stuff. He almost saw me. Come on, quick. Marino, thank heaven you got here. Oh, yeah. Marino, I, I can't run anymore. I'm, I won't last the block. You won't have to. There's a vacant house in the middle of the block. Here. Inside. Fair, but I see him coming. Oh, Doc, in here. No one lives here. Why? You know, like the search yeah. There's a stairway leading upstairs. Oh. Go ahead. I want you to don't trip them. Yeah. 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 Now, through this door. 
Ooh. Here's a candle and a match. <laughs> now we can see each other. Wait. Do you think we're safe? We'll know in a few minutes. Oh, oh Marino. Oh, Jim. Oh, put out the candle. Now hide back there. I'll take care of him. for me with different names and different faces. Marino! Yeah. Why do you call me Muriel? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm Ginger, don't you remember? I'm Ginger Allen. Yeah, each time you tell me a different name, Muriel. If you can't get away by changing names. Marino! But the first time you changed your name when you married me before I left for Europe with that operatic company. You remember? You offered the place. Poor butterfly. Oh. You promised to love me forever. Help me. <laughs> Somebody help me. Yeah, well, the next time you changed the name was when you thought I was dead. Lived on my insurance and married another man. Oh, no matter how many times please. you change your name, Uriel, I'll find. No, not me. You killed him. You killed him, Marino, again and again. You only killed him last month, yeah. Marino. This time I think I have. She rises again. This time I'm going to kill you and your lover. Oh. This is the last time. Oh, and now oh. oh, we did. Oh, you did, too. 
I ought to ring your... Oh, calm down. <laughs> no wife of mine is going to have a red-headed temper. Wife of yours? You do anything you learn how to dance, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks that way. No wonder you didn't want me to dye my hair. You wanted that nice, premature gray color. <laughs> Closes Dime a Dance, presented by Roma Wines, and starring Lucille Ball, tonight's tale of Suspense. This is Lucille Ball. It's been a great pleasure to appear on Suspense this evening. Next week, I know you want to be listening, as I certainly will, to a very wonderful actor, Mr. Paul Lucas, who will appear in a suspense play called A World of Darkness. Thank you, Miss Ball. Lucille Ball appeared tonight through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Madame Curie. Don't forget, then, next Thursday, same time, for Paul Lucas in... The Pen. Presented by Roma Wines. R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Now, the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California presents... Suspense! Tonight, Roma Wines bring you A Shroud for Sarah, starring Miss Lucille Ball, soon to be seen in Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's Technicolor musical, Ziegfeld Follies. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live. To your happiness in entertaining guests. To your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant. As Roma Wines bring you Miss Lucille Ball in a remarkable tale of... Suspense. Well, Sarah? Sarah? Come in, George. How did it go, darling? George, you're trembling. Something went wrong. No, nothing went wrong. You got it then? Yeah, I got it stuffed in all my pockets. Here, I'll dump it on the bed. There. Here you are, Sarah. Seventeen grand. Seventeen thousand? It's more than we expected. Yeah. George, you're acting queerly. Did everything work out all right? Sure, sure it did. It was duck soap, just like old times, Sarah. Remember how every job clicked? Sure fire when we used to plant them together. George. Yeah? You're lying, aren't you? Sarah, you really love me, don't you? Do you have to ask? Would I have come back otherwise? Ten years is a long time. I thought you'd be changed. I never thought you'd come back like this out of nowhere. I don't even know what you've been doing, where you've been living, what name you're using. You haven't told me a thing about yourself. I will, George. I will, as soon as we get out of this apartment. As soon as we're really together, darling. That's the way you want it, isn't it, Sarah? Of course. Why do you think I never got a divorce? I didn't, you know. I didn't even consider it. No, no, you didn't. And you could have. You certainly had a right with me up for five years on a felony. I'm glad you waited, Sarah. You won't regret it. 
I'm sure I won't, George. But let's not talk about that now. We have a train to make. You know, Sarah, you're as good to look at as you were ten years ago. Oh, you're just making talk, George. And you haven't answered my question. I want to know what went wrong. I'd given up hope, Sarah. I didn't expect to see you again. But I came back. I've done two stretches, Sarah. Nine years in jail out of ten. I wouldn't have pulled another job if you hadn't shown up. You won't go away again, will you? Only with you, George. Sarah. The scent of your hair. I used to dream of it. Those long nights in jail. Now it's real. Holding you like this. With your hair in my face. George, you're hurting me. Your arms. I'm sorry. I... It's just that I'm so afraid it isn't true having you again. I want to hold you tight forever. George, what happened? What went wrong? Sarah, I, I had to kill a man. Well, haven't you got anything to say? Only the obvious. It's murder, then. That changes my plans. Your plans? M my plans for us. You're going to stick with me, aren't you? Of course. I didn't come back after ten years, only to run right out again. And we must think this out carefully. Are you sure you left no clues? Only the gun. I wiped it off clean and left it there. It's a gun I picked up years ago. No way to tack it on me. Fingerprints? Gloves. Well, then there's nothing to worry about. Only if they happen to pick me up on suspicion. I see. Are they after you now, George? Of course not. Nobody heard the shot. There was nobody in the building but that bald-headed bookkeeper. He hadn't gone home, must have stayed to get his books in shape for the morning. My luck. And you weren't followed or, or chased. You don't think I'd have come here if they were after me? I'm sorry, George. I know you wouldn't. You're not sore at me, then? We can go ahead just as we planned. Our train leaves in an hour. We'll pick up the tickets at the station. Sarah, it's hard to believe in an hour we'll be on the way to Florida, you and I. Yes, George. Just the two of us. In the warm sun. It's a dream I've had for ten years in and out of jail. I figured it would always be a dream. You know, it's funny. What's funny? There's a bald-headed man lying dead over there at the finance company. He's finished. And we're just beginning. I never killed a man, Sarah. Never before. You'll do all right from now on, George. You'll forget about that thing. I'll help you forget it. Yeah. But we've got to hurry now. Put your hat on. And I'll go over and pick up the tickets. Oh, I thought we'd go to the station together. Well, silly, I've got to dress. Yeah, well, the Sunset Limited leaves at 8 o'clock. There's only an hour. I know, I know. I'll dress and pack and meet you in 30 minutes at the train gate. Have you any money? Here, take some of this. I'll put the rest in the valise and bring it in a cab so, so it won't be found on you if anything happens. Why didn't you come back before, Sarah? I didn't realize it till this minute. I've been like an orphan for 10 years. Kiss me. Now, that's all, George. You've got to hurry now. Yeah. Remember, the Sunset Limited at the gate. I'll remember. And don't forget to clean out the desk. I'll take care of everything, George. Now, hurry. Hello? Police headquarters? A man was killed a few minutes ago at the Vanda Finance Company on Dexter Avenue. Please don't interrupt. If you go to the LaSalle station, you'll catch the murderer at the Sunset Limited train gate. His name is Monk, George Monk. For suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you as star Miss Lucille Ball in A Shroud for Sarah by Emil C. Tepperman. Roma Wines' presentation tonight in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense.
Between the acts of suspense, this is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines. Saturday is Navy Day. On this day, all America gives honor to the returning veterans of the fleet. To these men, all America lifts its voice to say, well done. This weekend, too, millions of Americans will be entertaining family and friends. To them, here's a hospitality word from famed hostess Elsa Maxwell. My guests compliment me when I make delicious Roma California sherry first call for dinner. It's the perfect appetizer before the meal served cool. Yes, Miss Maxwell, Roma sherry is most delightful later in the evening, too, when friends drop in, especially when served with tasty snacks. For glorious gold and amber, Roma sherry is a happy, mellow wine with natural fragrance and cream-rich, nut-like taste. So good because Roma sherry, like all Roma wines, is born of luscious grapes gathered at peak of flavor in California's choicest vineyards, gently pressed, then unhurriedly, guided to delicious perfection by Roma's ancient winemaking skill, bottled at Roma's own famed wineries. That's why all Roma wines are true wines, unvaryingly good always. Remember, because of uniformly fine quality at reasonable cost, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. Insist on Roma, R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. And now, Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Lucille Ball as Sarah Martell in A Shroud for Sarah, a play well calculated to keep you in suspense. Coming, I'm coming. Oh, I knew it was you, Sarah. Only you would ring so insistently when you know I'm handicapped by this infernal crutch. Good evening, Peter. How's our next governor? Aren't you going to kiss me? I've been away three days. Uh, is it necessary, my dear? Peter, are you going to let the neighbor see me standing out here with this valise? Kiss me, you idiot. You can stand it if I can. Uh, very well. Satisfied, my dear? Now that we've performed for the neighbors, shall we go in? The city's underworld, it appears, has broken out again with a new wave of violence, robbery, and potential... I see you've moved the radio again. I moved it nearer the easy chair. This crutch makes it hard for me to get around. I hope you don't mind, my dear. I mean, it's being more convenient for me. Is that the news? I want to hear it. Police are seeking George Monk, an ex-convict who shot and killed a finance company bookkeeper and escaped with $17,000 in cash. What do you want to turn that up for? It's nothing but a sordid murder. Oh, shut up! shot without warning. But there's a mystery angle here which sets this case apart from the ordinary holdup. Police are seeking an unidentified woman who tipped them off a few minutes after the murder, naming George Monk and telling them just where he could be picked up. Unfortunately, one of the officers sent to apprehend the murder was recognized by Monk, who made his escape in the crowded railroad station. What's the matter, my dear? Why did you turn the radio off? You look as if you'd seen a ghost. Leave me alone, Peter. Well, well, what sort of villainy were you up to in Chicago? Sarah, come back here. Where are you going? I'm going up to my room. I want to unpack. Good night, Peter. Burglary in Chicago. Mysterious woman who tipped off the police... Just a moment, Sarah. I said good night, Peter. $17,000. Sarah, I want to know what's in that valise. Why are you hanging on to it like that? 
Stay where you are, Peter. Don't come up these stairs. What's wrong? Are you afraid to let me see what's in that valise? No, no, I'm not afraid. Just don't come up any closer. <sighs> well, well, that same little pistol of yours. Would you shoot me with it again, my dear? If you come a step further... Drop the gun. You're not going to shoot me now, just before election. You want to be the governor's lady, don't you? Stand still, Peter. I'm sorry, Sarah. I've got to know what's in there. You take another step, I'll shoot. You're a fool, Sarah. Clever and ruthless, yes, but nevertheless a fool. Look at all the terrible things you've done to satisfy your ambition. Even murder now. And it's all been a waste of time. What do you mean? Did you know that the results of the popular poll were published today? Well? It gives Stephen Archer a 15% edge over me. And not only that, but the incumbent governor, the man we're both trying to beat, ran ahead of the two of us in the poll. You're not lying about that? Of course not, my dear. How did you expect to beat Stephen Archer and his money? We are broke. No, Peter, we're not broke. Oh? You mean you have $17,000 in that bag? I'm going to be the governor's wife, I tell you. There's nothing that could stop me, nothing. I believe you, Sarah. Why, I believe you would even murder Archer if you had to. Let me have that valise. You can't seem to understand, Peter. You're not going to open it. Then shoot me, my dear. You do it so well, it comes so natural to you. Maybe you can shoot me in the other leg this time. Oh, will you never stop throwing it up to me? That was an accident. A very fortunate accident, wasn't it, Sarah? Just when I was ready to accept a commission in the army. You didn't want to be the wife of an army captain. Your ambition ran higher than that. You wanted to be the governor's lady. Now, Sarah, I'm going to see what you have there. You're not going to do anything about it. Get away from me, Peter! No, Sarah, you're going to give them to me. First the gun, and now that black... Sarah, Sarah, don't! The stairs! Please go straight into the bedroom, Doctor. Mm. Peter fell again and hurt his leg in the same place. Now, look here, Mrs. Martell. What's the use of keeping up this deception between ourselves? You know and I know that your husband didn't fall the last time. That was a bullet wound in his leg. Dr. Varney, you promised never to mention that bullet wound. And you promised to pay me, remember? $10,000. Where's the money? Don't worry. I have it. Oh, well, that's, that's different. Where is it? I'll take it now. Later. Please go in now and take care of Peter. Uh, did you, uh... Did you shoot him again? Of course not. That was an accident the last time. I was examining the pistol and it went off. Yes, of course. That's the story, Mrs. Martell. And for $10,000, I'll gladly subscribe to it. But I must have that money. I need it. I won't touch that leg till I get the money. All right. I have it here. Oh. There. That's $10,000. Hmm. Now hurry in there and take care of Peter. Afterwards, I'll want to see you in here. There may be another matter that I'll want you to handle for me. Yes, it's $10,000. Uh, another matter? You are also the physician for Stephen Archer, aren't you? Uh, yes. You've been attending him every day during the campaign. I understand his heart needs attention. Look here, Mrs. Martell. Stephen Archer's running against your husband for governor. I wonder when you originally called me in, did you know I was Archer's physician? Could be. Huh. Well, I'm sorry I can't discuss Archer with you. Why not? Why not? Why, uh, the ethics of my profession. The ethics of your profession? Please, Dr. Varney. If your fellow practitioners knew what I know about you, you wouldn't have any profession. I won't listen to any more from you. I'll take care of that leg of your husband's, but more than that, no. Oh, but I'm sure you'll change your mind, Doctor. Whatever your proposition is, the answer is no. Even if I were to offer $50,000? Uh, $50,000? There, now, I knew you'd be interested. Now, run inside like a nice fellow and tend to Peter. 
I must go out for a few minutes, but please wait for me. There's an appointment I must keep. I won't be long. Mrs. Martell? Yes? Right here. Good evening, Mrs. Martell. Park is rather a dark place to meet, isn't it? I thought it would be best this way. <laughs> Especially if we're going to discuss the things you hinted at over the phone. Mr. Archer, let's come to the point quickly. Do you want to win the election? Frankly, yes, very much. Would it be worth money to you? A great deal of money? Hmm. Just what is your proposition? You're a wealthy man. Would $100,000 be too much to pay for the governorship? $100,000? I've spent several times that much on the campaign already. But I don't see how you could deliver the election. Listen to me closely, Mr. Archer. Yeah? I learned that in yesterday's poll figures, you ran 15% ahead of my husband. That's quite true. But neither you or Peter will win. You're both taking strength from each other, and the governor will be re-elected. So your solution is for Peter Martell to withdraw at the price of $100,000. Exactly. If one of you withdraws, the other will surely win. That's absolutely true. But I happen to know that Peter Martell would never make such a deal. No, he wouldn't, the fool. But for $100,000, I will put him out of the race. You? Would you believe it if I told you I hated that man's very shadow? I, uh... I've heard rumors here and there. I want to leave him. I want to be rid of him forever. Where could I go without money? What could I do? He's so disgustingly honest that we're always broke. He couldn't even pay me enough alimony. I've got to think for myself. I begin to see... Now, suppose that tomorrow, two days before the election, I were to file suit for divorce. Ah. I could leave for Reno tonight. It would be in every newspaper tomorrow. <laughs> would certainly eliminate your husband. You'd pick up all the votes Peter would lose. Enough to swing the election. And your price is $100,000. You agree? I'd be a fool not to. Of course I agree. The moment you file your divorce papers in Reno, I'll have $100,000 credited to your account wherever you specify. No, I must have it in advance. No, my dear Mrs. Martell. In advance? It's out of the question. How do I know you'll go through with it after I pay you? And how do I know you'll pay me after I go through with it? Don't you trust me? Do I have to answer that? Uh, it looks like a deadlock. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take half now and the other half in Reno after I've filed the papers. 50000 tonight, eh? It must be tonight. I'll leave in the midnight plane. Surely you have the cash available in a campaign like this. Yes, of course I have the cash. That seems to be the only solution. It's a deal, Mrs. Martell. You'll get the money now? At once. Wait here. My home is just across the park. I'll be back in five minutes. But just as a precaution, I'm going to note down the serial numbers of the bills I give you. If you aren't in Reno tomorrow morning, I shall report the money stolen. Don't worry, Mr. Archer, I promise you. After tonight, there won't be anything to worry about. Still waiting for me, I see, Dr. Varney. Well, it took a long time. I was just deciding to leave. You took care of Peter all right? Yes, the wound opened up again. It was painful, but not as bad as it looked. He'll be up again by tomorrow. Thank you, Doctor. Oh, you uh, said you wanted to talk to me. Yes, I have a little proposition for you. You, uh, you mentioned $50,000. Yes. Yes, I have the money in my handbag here. One, take it. <clears throat> now count it. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, what, uh, what do you want me to do? Doctor, have you ever murdered anyone? What? I said, have you ever murdered anyone? Why, you're joking. You'd hardly call murder a joke. What are you suggesting? 
You are Stephen Archer's physician. You stop at his home every night and check his heart. And you give him a sedative. No, no. I'm, I'm going out of this house, Mrs. Martell, and I'm never coming back. Before you go, doctor, I'll take that money back. Uh, why, uh... $50,000, doctor. Mm. It's a lot of money. Yes, uh... I know just how deep you are in the red. 50000 will put you on your feet again. Well, I... It's, and uh... you'll have the friendship of the wife of the next governor. You, uh... You want me to give Archer an overdose of sedative, huh? I knew you'd be reasonable, Barney. Good morning, my dear. I see you're at the radio already. Aren't you up early today? I thought all the Borgias slept late. I wanted to hear the news. Indeed. Could it be a person by the name of George Monk that you're so anxious to hear about? What do you mean? Why do you mention that name? The black valise, my dear. Remember, I'm still anxious to know if it contains $17,000. Have you taken the newspaper in yet? No? No, I'll get it. There'll be something in this morning's paper that I'd like you to see, my dear. Stephen Archer, candidate in the three-cornered race for governor, was found dead in his bed, apparently from an overdose of sedative. All indications point to accidental death, except for the fact that a large sum of money was missing from the safe. However, if the money was stolen, it'll do the thief no good, for the serial numbers were carefully noted down on the desk pad on Mr. Archer's desk. What was that? Archer dead? Yes. Sarah, I read the signs of your fine Italian hand. Did you have a hand in it? Peter. So now Archer's votes will drop in my lap, huh? You'll be governor, Peter. Sarah, I think I'm going to kill you. Put that crutch down! No, no, my dear, you needn't run away. I was just rehearsing. I'm not ready to kill you yet. Perhaps someone else will do it first. I'm going to wait for the result of my experiment. Experiment? What do you mean? See, here. What? Hmm. What is it, Peter? Just an ad in the personal column. I had it inserted in every newspaper between here and Chicago. Let me see that. It's the first ad in the column with the display space around it. I wanted to make sure it was seen by the right person. Read it, Sarah, read it. All right, if it makes you happy, I will read it. George, was her name Sarah? Or did she use another name? I mean the one who left with a little black valise and all the money in it. If you have at least 17,000 reasons to find her, and if the traveling isn't too difficult under the circumstances, I suggest you come to Capital City. The address is... Peter, you didn't! Ah, isn't it cleverly worded, my dear? I had to phrase it so that only George Monk and no one else would catch its meaning. You, you put this ad in all the papers? Exactly. You see, my dear, if that little black valise did not contain $17,000, you have nothing to fear. But if it did... Well, then I may be spared the chore of killing you. <laughs> uh, I'll let George do it. Hello? Mrs. Martell? Who, who is this? Dr. Varney. Oh. Who did you think it was? I, I thought... Never mind. What do you want, Varney? Don't you know? I think you're pretty clever, don't you? What do you mean? That was Archer's own money you gave me last night, that 50000 Barney, are you insane? 
Don't you realize you're talking over an open phone? I only realize I murdered Archer for you for nothing. That 50,000 I can't use. The serial numbers have been broadcast. My dear Varney, I haven't the faintest notion what you're talking oh, about. how clever you are, Sarah Martell. How clever. And how dangerous. Yes, too dangerous to live. <laughs> Medical examiner's all through with the body, Inspector. All right, O'Connor, all right. Then I guess we're finished, too. Tell Mike to be careful with the body. And uh, put down in your report, dead on arrival, murdered by person or persons unknown. I'll sign it when I get downtown. <sighs> she was a beautiful woman, O'Connor. It's a tough way to die. A tough way indeed, Inspector. Uh, how's Mr. Martell taking it? Like a trooper, sir. Here he comes now with his doctor. Hmm? All right, O'Connor, I'll, I'll see you downtown. Yes, sir. Goodbye, Inspector. Are uh, you pretty near through, Inspector? Yes, Mr. Martell, the boys are taking the body away now. Uh, may I say, Mr. Martell, that you have my deepest sympathy in this bereavement of yours. Thank you, Inspector. Oh, by the way, do you know Dr. Varney? Oh, yes. How do you do, Doctor? How do you do? A ghastly business, Inspector. Yes, indeed, and we'll do everything in our power to lay that murderer by the heels. Uh, in Inspector. Yes, Dr. Varney? Have you uh, any clues, anything uh, definite to go on? Well... If you don't mind my talking about it now, Mr. Martell. Oh, it's all right, Inspector. I'm afraid I'm going to have to listen to a good deal of talking about it. Might as well get used to it. A very wise and courageous way to look at it, Mr. Martell. Well, as I was saying, I believe it was a maniac. That's my firm conviction. A maniac? Right. Who but a maniac would have stayed in there to torment that poor dead body? Can you imagine a sane man first choking her to death with his hands, then stabbing her with some keen instrument, then bashing her head in with a blunt instrument? Well, Varney, that was quite an ordeal. It was terrible. Um, Varney. Yes? You hated her very much, didn't you? No more than you did, Mr. Martell. I won't deny it. It's true. You haven't been using your crutch this morning. No? What made you think of the crutch? Oh, nothing, nothing. A blunt instrument, huh? That's all right, Varney. I don't mind your asking. I was thinking along the same lines myself, only it was the keen instrument I had in mind, say a scalpel. Oh, now, look skip here. It, skip it, Varney. I was just making conversation. Oh. You know, there's uh, something I, I don't understand. Yes, Varney? I, uh, Yes? Uh, well, uh, nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. Uh -huh, I know what you want to ask. You want to know who was the third man. Well, I... Uh... I'll show you, Varney. Uh, where are my keys? Ah, here. What do you got in that closet? A guest, Varney. Shall I say, an invited guest? You can come out now, George. The coast is clear. Well, thought you meant to bury me alive in there. Tell, who's this man? Dr. Varney, George Monk. Shake hands, gentlemen. Uh, no? Very well. I, um, I thought it would be right for all three of us to be together for a moment. What are you talking about, Martell? Listen carefully, Varney, and you, George. Each one of us was in her room last night. The cumulative effect of our individual deeds has convinced the inspector that a maniac murdered my wife. But we three know better. However, there is one of us who knows more than the other two. One of us killed her first. I say first because the other two were not one whit less murderers for the fact that she was already dead. The three of us. We all did it. Yes, George. And I suppose that by checking each other and comparing notes, we could determine to the satisfaction of all of us just who took precedence. For instance, when I heard you move about in the closet this morning and turn the key on you, 
I had no way of telling how long you'd been in the house. And I don't want to know. Then two of us will always be in doubt. Exactly, Varney. Do you agree to it? Yes. And you, George? Yes. Then, goodbye, gentlemen. Roma Wines have brought you Lucille Ball, a star of A Shroud for Sarah. Tonight's study in Suspense. This is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines, the sponsor of Suspense. When unexpected guests make a mealtime call, well, anything can happen. Famed hostess Elsa Maxwell makes this timely suggestion. Invite them to stay for potluck and make the dinner exciting by serving Roma California Burgundy. For no matter what the dish, the fruity fragrance and piquant taste of robust red Roma Burgundy makes the food so much more enjoyable, adds friendliness to the table talk. That's right. Glassfuls of good Roma Burgundy served cool makes any simple meal more exciting, more delicious. But don't wait for unexpected guests. Try Roma Burgundy with dinner tomorrow. You'll enjoy this Vintner's masterpiece. Like all Roma wines, this is wine at its best in uniform quality, yet costs only pennies a glass. Always insist on Roma wines. No other wine offers you so much for so little. Next Thursday, you will hear Ronald Coleman in Suspense, radio's outstanding theater thrill. Presented by Roma Wines, R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment. Throughout the world, there is an immediate need in most hospitals for auxiliary non-nursing personnel. Approximately 90,000 men and women must be recruited if hospitals are to provide patients with even minimum services. The present critical lack of hospital workers of all kinds is substantially reducing the amount of nursing care per patient because nurses must spend so much of their time on non-professional tasks. Although the need varies in different sections of the country, there is an overall need for orderlies, laundrymen, chefs, electricians, plumbers, janitors, and so forth. Men and women, both skilled and unskilled, who want to work in a hospital in any capacity, can now get secure, well-paid jobs with a post-war future. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, guys, that does it for Miss Lucille Ball and her performance on the show for tonight. Please join me later on this evening as we bring to the Miss Joan Crawford and Miss Betty Davis in the feud. It's going to be three amazing tales to chill our spines from these two iconic actors. 
I hope you guys will stay tuned for that performance. And join me next week as we welcome to the show Mr. John Lund. And we bring back to the show Mr. Robert Young in the NBC comedy show Father Knows Best. Also, guys, join me this coming Friday as we bring to the show Miss Murray Wilson and Miss Kathy Lewis in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma. And once again, guys, I hope you guys have enjoyed my podcast. Please comment and subscribe. You can find me on favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify. Google, Apple, and wherever else you get your podcast. Just type in Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast and it should pull my podcast right up. Please stay tuned for also the coming weeks as I bring such stars as Joseph Cotton and many others to the show. And once again, guys, thanks and have a great night.